0: I see churches favour women, I'm Marion Wright and this is Favourite Friends, the podcast that aims to build community by sharing the real life stories of Christian women. This episode, you are going to meet Melissa Moore. Here are some fun facts about Melissa. She has been married to Simon for 22 years. They have three boys, Toby, Elijah and Lucas, And she has been a part of IC Church from the very beginning. I mean, from the very beginning, she was in the lounge room. She's also my Connect Group leader. And this is a good time for a shout out to all our incredible Connect Group leaders. You are doing an amazing job and we love you. Here's what else you need to know about her. She is one of the most generous, authentic and hilarious women that you are ever going to meet. In short, she is a good time. And everyone who knows her will say that about her. So this podcast is really just us chatting about love and marriage and Melissa very generously sharing all of her wisdom. I hope that she is a blessing to you. Here's Melissa. Melissa Moore, welcome to Favourite Friends.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for recording with me. No problem. I'm very aware that I also bullied you into this. You I get very a lot. much did. <laughs> <laughs> I do get a lot of this kind of feedback, so I think I'm going to have to try and change my approach.
1: Look, you're very nice, so it's, it's hard to say no to you, so you should probably keep it up.
0: Yeah, right. Okay, all right. Well, I just maybe I'll stop saying I know I'm bullying you, I'll just say something else.
1: Yeah, you just ask and people say yes. That's, you know, you've got it.
0: <laughs> Thank you for talking to me today. I really wanted to talk to you because I think that, well, I say to my husband a lot, Melissa is just, well, no, what I actually said to him was that I'm kind of obsessed with her (laughs) and he said, why? And I said, I don't know. I just, she is this person that I kind of want to be, but then I kind of want to be friends with and she's got this like great sense of humor and this rebelliousness about her, but then also this huge heart and just so kind and I just think you're a good good woman. And I am very excited to have a chat with you and ask you all my questions. Look at you freaking out! Oh, yeah. about I that am freaking out. I'm like,
1: oh my gosh, I don't don't like compliments. Look at I don't you take receiving them well. That compliment like, yeah, yeah. Really well. Your
0: face is you <laughs> struggling. I wanted to ask you about your life, mm. but I also wanted to talk to you about marriage mm. because I think we've had some conversations about marriage, and I think that. Um, When you're in church, marriage comes up a lot. Mm. And I think when you're surrounded by church community, I remember being very young and it was almost like the goal for any young woman was to, you know, when do you want to get married? Definitely. You know, (laughs) or even scoping out guys for marriage in church. Well, you didn't want to be the
1: last one. No. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And I remember having conversations with friends when I was 19, like, oh, are you going to marry this guy? I was like, I don't know. Just, yeah. I don't even know him you know and it almost just seemed like this thing that we should be striving for and so I wanted to ask you some questions about that but then we're also going to talk about your life. Yay. Melissa Moore life and times <laughs> as well. So let me let me start by asking you about your marriage. Um, how long have you been married to Simon for?
1: 22 years.
0: 22 years.
1: Yes. And I do get the dates wrong. Simon did send me a message with all of the dates that we actually got married and started dating because I'm not very good with dates and he's very good.
0: Yeah. Um, tell me about how you met him and how, how marriage even happened for the both of you.
1: Um, we were at youth group and um, I'd moved here from Victoria and in youth group a lot of you know there's like you said people scoping people out and i wasn't really interested in dating and so simon and i decided to just hang together and kind of be friends and pretend we were dating just to sure. you know protection i suppose and we used to go and street witness together oh my gosh i know that is a <laughs> wholesome activity well please yes street, street witnessing, witnessing. <laughs> Uh, and then and then we would spend a lot of time at, at Mount at McDonald's yes. uh, after youth. Yes. And in the end Simon sort of said um, that he wanted to date me and it came as a bit of a shock and we were very serious right from the start. We we're like, yes, well, if we're in this relationship, we're looking to marriage and we're looking to, you know, it was all very laid out and, right, this is what we're heading for. We're not mucking around. And, yeah, he took me to... South Bank and asked if I would be his girlfriend <laughs> on one of the park benches there and and the rest is history.
0: How old were you at that time?
1: Oh, I actually can't remember how old I was. Simon was very young because I, I may happen to be a little bit older than Simon mm. uh, and Simon was only 21 when we got married, so yeah... I, remember how old he was but you know 18 probably I would think yeah.
0: Had you dated before Simon? I had yeah
1: I, I dated relatively seriously with guys one of them was eight years older than me and one of them was 10 years older than me much to my father's dismay. Yeah um, I can
0: imagine.
1: Yeah but they I moved around a lot too with dad being a pastor so um, some of those relationships stopped because I moved away and um and one of them was a non-Christian relationship and I realised that that wasn't right and so that ended because I pictured where I wanted my life to be and it wasn't, you know, with one person at church and one person not at church, so. So
0: what was different about Simon? So you had data before.
1: Mm, mm. There was a
0: non-Christian guy that wasn't right. Um, what? How did you know that Simon was
1: it? It's a really funny thing, I think... Simon just grew on me. Yeah. He was younger too and I was never, ever going to go out with a younger guy. Um, And so we spent a lot of time together as friends and I think that was a really good solid base for our relationship. Um, We were together for three years as well and in that three years, being young, and Simon especially young, and I was Simon's first serious girlfriend, um, I think that... There was a lot of oversharing, there was a lot of um, things that we went through. Look, even when we are engaged, I I remember throwing my engagement ring at him Um, and he says that he knew that I was the one when we were in... I think we were at McDonald's at supper one night and he said, oh, I, I knew, you know, someone on my list had to take care of children and, you know, she's a childcare worker, so i don't know he offended me in some way so i threw a cup of water on him so for him he was like she's the one we we went through we went through a lot in that three years i think to build a foundation so he was my best friend he was also someone who was a great sounding board you know i was very emotional um so yeah we went through a lot in that three years to know that we were right
0: would you recommend dating for that long
1: It's a very individual thing, I think, an age thing as well. But for us in our personal situation, it was the best thing because we knew at that point we had made the decision to love. Love was not just a feeling, it was a choice that we made for each other, even though there were some things sometimes about each other that were like, oh my gosh, (laughs) you know, I don't like that about you. But we could still work our way through it and make the decision to love. Whereas I think sometimes if you haven't had to face those things, facing them in marriage can be huge, not insurmountable, but, you know, very big. So even
0: that young, you were very, I almost seem like, yeah, it was very matter of fact. It was very intentional that this is what
1: marriage is. But my other relationships were definitely not like that. Mm. And I think because for me personally, I had been through, Two relationships that were relatively serious, you don't you don't come through dating unscathed or um, without feelings and different things. You know, I personally think that you know finding Simon first would have been a lovely thing.
0: Do you think dating is a good thing? Like dating around? I I I grew up in the Joshua Harris era of dating where, you know, um, like save yourself for your first kiss on your wedding day type, you know, have you, have you heard his, of his stuff, read his stuff? So, um, his is very much, you know, the worth waiting for. I kiss dating goodbye. That's him. So he. Didn't believe in dating but believed in courtship. And there were lots of couples I knew that got married that saved their first kiss for their wedding day and didn't believe in just dating around casually. What? Like, what do you think? Do you think that we should be afraid of dating and be afraid of
1: making not mistakes but trying to figure out if. I don't think so. I think, um, look, God's intention is marriage. So I think if you're going to go into a relationship, that thought has to be at the back of your mind. I don't think necessarily like Simon and I did, you have to straight in, you know, you're 17, well, are you going to marry me? Because you're getting to know each other and you just might not be the right fit. I you know, I believe that there is a right person for everybody, but it there could be many right people. So uh, I think it's important to explore your relationship and get to know each other very well so that you know you can come through things and and dating is a part of that Uh, and it's it's easier when you're dating to sort of say well I'm really sorry this is not going to work because you haven't made that that vow to each other you know yes you're dating and you care for each other but I you know I believe marriage the vow is something so special and you don't want to have to deal with it then I don't think
0: how do you think we date wisely? How do we date with wisdom?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> that was a great that's response. A, no, that's, that was good. that's a that's a really hard thing because mm. obviously look I remember the sermons when I was at youth group how <laughs> youth pastor used to say You know, once you light that candle, it's very difficult to extinguish. Lots
0: of fire metaphors. Um, Yeah,
1: look, my my dad always said keep away from the appearance of evil. And I think, you know, you you do have to be wise and you do have to, I think dating, it's, you know, wise to be in groups. Mm. Um, Go out, you know, if you want to be alone together, go to a restaurant. Mm. You know, because you do have to spend quality time and you have to get to know each other. Yourselves without other people around as well. But I think there's always ways that you can um, date carefully and... Yeah,
0: <laughs> no, did you guys ever put boundaries in your dating life? Do you remember?
1: Look, my parents didn't live in Brisbane, so I would often be at Simon's house. So Simon was obviously still young and lived at home with his parents and he had wonderful parents who were very warm and welcoming to me. So I was at his house a lot and I suppose considered part of the family. So um, I think because he was still living at home, Mm -hmm. boundaries were sort of... Imposed already, yeah, uh, and and because we're actively involved in church and youth, our hearts were to do the right thing, and yeah. so we were just always conscious of that. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. How early in a relationship do you think it's too early to bring up marriage when you're dating? Mm.
1: I think again, that's a very individual thing, yeah. and it's based on history too of where you've been. I mean, I think sure. if you're dating at sixteen, yeah, looking at marriage is that's not really sort of where you're heading in your life. Yeah. Um so I think it depends on a maturity and 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 where you're at. I think yeah. for us that that marriage conversation was was just totally right and perfect yeah. because I was, you know, a little bit older and I I wanted to get married young, but yeah. not everybody is is at that place. Yeah. So I think you have to you have to know where you're at and yeah. and not make it be a pressure thing. It should never be a uh, I want to get married and then all of a sudden, you know, people can't breathe in a relationship. Yeah. It it can't be used as as that kind of a, a trap, I suppose, as well. Yeah. It has to be something that you're ready to discuss and ready to head towards. Yeah.
0: Mm. Did you ever have a moment where God said to you, Melissa, this is the one? No. Yeah, really. No,
1: I remember talking to we had a, a female youth pastor at the time and I just said to her, How do I how do I know he's the one? You know? <laughs> um Because I was always like that with God too. You know, I I like to be in control. I like to have a plan. I was always like, you know, at youth group, the one down the front playing, God, just give me the blueprint for my life. I want it mapped out just so I can read it. Um, And so I was very much like that. God, you know, is he the one? And then, you know, because I didn't feel like I had heard from God, I was asking everybody else. And my youth pastor said to me, well, you know, how do you feel when he's not with you? Do you miss him? do you you know want to be with him and yes yes I did but I think it came down to I believed that if it wasn't right that God would shut doors and and things would happen and I believe that our relationship the way it played out I knew that he was the one for me because no matter what he loved me warts and all so he was he'd never put expectations of of what, what he wanted on me like you have to be thin for the rest of our lives you have to do this and I want you to have this job or he just accepted me totally for who I was
0: I think you know when it's right don't you yeah like it's such a cliche to say it but you do you feel it I know I couldn't I dated some dodgies Melissa, yeah. yeah. in my time and I think I could never really imagine a future with him. But then as soon as I started dating Josh, I could see it. I could see the whole life. I could see building something. And even though I I felt like I was young, I was 20 when I met him or maybe 21. And I I very much believed that marriage was a trap. I felt like I was going to lose all my power and all my independence. So even when I met him, um, God was very stern with me and said, Josh is it. But it took me a long time. Josh brought up marriage, I think, three months into our relationship because that's just the... Kind of honorable guy that yes, he, is. he is. He was just like, I, I want to marry you. I, I I want you to know that. I want your dad to know that. I want them to know that I'm not stuffing around. And I was like, hold your horses, <laughs> mate. I'm 21. And you didn't got run, though. Things to do. Yeah. But he, it was the same. No one had ever loved me like that before. Yeah.
1: But I think, too, the other thing about you saying, you know, um, about marriage is I considered. And I think the same as you, myself, to be a strong, independent woman. I am a strong, independent yes. woman, Melissa. And, uh, and same, same still for me. And Which is why I love you so much and why I want you to be my friend so desperately. Well, I'm attracted to you've I got that. Yes. But I yes. think, you know, even in my vows, I was looking to omit the word submit. Wow. Um, and it was only, again, during... We had Pastor Jeff Holdway marry us. We spoke about that kind of thing yeah. that that Simon is the head of the home and I was like oh, oh I, don't, that, yeah. I don't know about that yeah, uh, right. I'm you know I have why why does he get to make the calls and pastor Jeff said something very interesting he said that look he's he's actually not just making those decisions cuz I was like well who made Simon King you know like mm. why does he get to have that and he said he's actually making those decisions out of love mm. for you and you know, hearing from God, but not making those decisions just because He can. He's making those decisions, thinking fully of you mm. and and showing love. And it was a real revelation for me mm. because it was like, no, He's not just doing it because He's the man. Because I was very, you know, conscious of that kind of thing. I'm like, no, well, why well, why does He get to, you know? Because my parents had a very traditional relationship, my mum, and it worked for them. There's and there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, but my. Dad would come home and my mum would have dinner ready and um, Same. <laughs> yeah mum would be, Mum would go and wash her face or something, and Dad would sit on the couch and "Hazel, can you get yeah. me a
0: glass of milk?" Same. You know Josh made the mistake um, <clears throat> of asking for a cup of tea from me while he was at my parents' house. Oh, no. and I said to him, "Darling, you have two hands. The kettle is in the kitchen." And my parents just looked at me in horror, and my dad said, "How dare you dishonor your husband like that in front of me? Go and make him a cup of tea." And do you know in the end my mum made him one? So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that says about me. Well, but I get that. It, yeah, I get that. And my parents are really happy yes. that, that that works for them. Yes. And it, yeah, I felt like I was not that kind of woman, Melissa. Well, in the I end I did, kind of
1: I did use the word that I will submit <laughs> yeah. and, and have not regretted it.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think for me the more I've grown in my relationship with God, I've learned that submission is not. Yes. like a giving up of something it's actually an empowering yeah and in the same way you know even that word obey I've heard honor yeah. and obey in wedding vows and I thought oh that's so harsh but I obedience to God is out of love and trust that's
1: right yeah. you know
0: it's not like a control thing yeah. or a power thing and I know when we talk about it Josh will always say, but you know, actually, Jesus is the head of our house. Yeah. Really, he, yeah. he calls the shots yeah. and he makes the call. And we, yeah, we just, we honour it and we Most obey. Definitely. Yeah. What? Okay. I'm going to ask you the question
1: that you were like, I don't know how to answer yes. this.
0: <laughs> Melissa, what is the point of marriage? Why even get married?
1: Look, I think two are better than one and I think it goes back to even when God created man, he created a helper to be by his side and I love that Simon and I together are so much better. He understands me and he gets me and he just polishes off those edges sometimes that really need a little bit of refining or pulling back. He's my person who I go to first and I just think, Together we are we are so much better. And I remember a time when Simon I'd, – I'd had Toby and I'd lost a baby. I was working full time and Simon went on a ministry trip to Japan just after the Twin Towers happened as well. So it was a very, like, stressful time for me. I'm about to expect a baby and I, I'd lost – we'd lost a baby. And so I was – feeling all sorts of things but you know being a working mother I just had to keep going and, and I thought I'd actually be fine. I thought I'm this strong independent woman you know I'm good I can do this all by myself and I remember the first time he called me I just burst into tears. I just actually missed him so much. I missed having that person just to share with at the end of the day just to download to, to to actually listen to me uh, and, and be there. So I think marriage is is an amazing thing, and um and and God created it for for a purpose.
0: I read something in, do you know Tim Keller? No, is an American pastor. I think he pastors a church in New York, and he's got this book on marriage. And he said that God's one of God's plans through marriage is to teach us how to love another human. Yes,
1: most definitely. And he
0: said what God does is he puts, you know, you in it is supposed to be a safe place. Yes. Puts you in a safe place with someone else. And so over the course of marriage, when character flaws come up, (laughs) um God is trying to teach you through another person how to be a human that is capable of loving another person, warts and all. And really it's to teach us to love someone else outside of our marriage in the way that Jesus loved. Yeah. You know, warts and all. And And He said, it's almost like you hold up a mirror to yourself and God says, Hey, you know, this thing I don't want, I don't want you to be like that. I want, I want to grow you, you know, this thing that's not great either. I want to grow you. And I think we can mistake that in marriage that, well, you don't love me for the way I am. And you're pointing out my flaws and you have flaws and it can almost become a battleground. But what he says is. The fact that that stuff comes up, that's part of the plan. It's yeah, part of the definitely. plan for your husband to tell you you're a control freak yes. and you should trust God
1: more. Or and I'm no. not talking to you until you take the emotion out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yes,
0: exactly. Yeah. It's a, yeah, that's exactly right. And so I think even for me, I'm only five years in to marriage. I'm I'm still learning that love is no small feat. Yeah, yeah. We, we throw the word around,
1: but to love completely oh well that (laughs) it's huge and that's the thing um I think too with marriage one of the a big misconception is you become married and it's all this love fest yeah that you know you're in this really happy little bubble and all of a sudden you know wow, it's, it's, it's always love, there's never any, you know, and I, I know people understand that there's problems in marriage, but I think one of the biggest me- misconceptions is that there's that feeling there of love all the time, and it goes back to what I was saying before, once Simon and I knew that love was not just a feeling, it was a decision that we made over and over and over and over again, and I, I've seen, um, un- unfortunately and very sadly, some friends' marriages break up, and... It's been as much of a shock to me, sometimes it has as it has been to one of the partners. And what's happened is communication has broken down. They've stopped talking to their partner. They've stopped choosing love. And all of a sudden they say to their partner, I want a divorce. And their partner's like, What? I don't what where's this come from? Let's get counselling. Let's I love you. I want to work through this. But unfortunately that person has already chosen not to love anymore
0: they've mm. stepped away
1: and they're actually out of the marriage before mm. something can even be done about it and that's where choosing love and communication to me are the two most vital things in marriage to stop it breaking down to to and and it's humbling to choose love it is sacrifice it is putting aside your pride because hang on i'm writing this argument i choose not to back down, I choose not to say sorry and poor Simon, early in our relationship i that was me, I would not say sorry I was like, I'm right, no, you know and it's been a huge journey to break that down and, and be humble and to say, I'm sorry and you know what, I still think you're wrong I say that bit in my head but I'm going to love you because if, if I don't, where are we going to be, you know
0: I, um, I remember fighting with Josh once and just once once, (laughs) there's just one time in particular comes to mind of the many. And I remember I had the words on the tip of my tongue. I was going to say something really mean. And the Holy Mm. Spirit said to me, Marion, just because you've got a good shot doesn't mean you have to use it. Mm. And I remember thinking... But I could win this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Just
1: with this one I actually liner.
0: think I am going to win this. Yeah. And I remember thinking, that's love. That's yeah. love. Yeah. Just because you see the flaw yeah. and you know that you are going to be right in this situation doesn't <laughs> mean you have to use, use it. it. That's right. And I, I think we've kind of learned... A little bit to fight with the Holy Spirit, you know. Mm. Like I, even in those moments now, the the older we get and the more in marriage we are, I will say to I will say to God now, what do I say? Because I want to say this, yeah. but is this the right thing to say here? Yeah. But that you're right. That takes maturity mm. and selflessness and love.
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, it's only you know it's only taken me 20 years.
0: Yeah, but that's the other thing, right? I used to have a pastor that said. You know, marriage is the 100-year job that Mm. no one is qualified for. It takes a 100 years to make a good marriage. And I think, yeah, we can't go into it thinking we'll get it right
1: in this quick... (laughs) No, no, gosh, no. And, and, And you're changing too because um get if you're getting married at you know poor simon 21 yeah poor simon it's the best thing he ever did but you You are the best thing that ever happened to him (laughs) and he knows it (laughs) very very young you're still actually finding out who you are as a person yeah and they say men have many jobs and i I think even as they travel from job to job and we travel from job to job we change
0: Mm. we have
1: children we change you know it's a it's a constant learning thing because There's no way you can get married and stay the same. Mm. Uh, And and I think, you know, if you try to, that's when massive cracks can start to appear. You know, you have to grow and grow together towards Mm. each other, not moving away. I know people who have separate holidays and I just, you know, I understand sometimes you need alone time. Yeah. But you're actually moving away from each other, not towards each other. And I think once you start that process... Uh, and, and you're away from each other for really long periods, you're know you you're losing that intimacy that you have just with, with your husband or your wife. Yeah. Uh, and it's very important to maintain that.
0: Yeah. Mm. I'm on holidays. I told Josh to leave the house the other day. I said, darling, you just can you go? <laughs> that, that <laughs> he was working from home. I was like, can you just Sometimes go? Sometimes that can also
1: preserve a marriage. <laughs> Works. So
0: he's like, are you a bit sick of me? I said, yeah, I just need some time. He was like, okay. Then he left. Yeah. And I think early on he would have gotten offended by it, but now we just we've been together
1: long enough for him to yeah. know Marion just needs time alone and you do, you definitely, to recharge. You definitely need that. The, yeah. You you are still an individual yeah. in your marriage. You are yeah. not always a couple. Yeah. But I'm I'm talking lengths of time, like, you know, holidays where it's yeah, you know, a couple of weeks away or you're working away or, you know, at night time you're actually in your house. Yeah. But you're in separate rooms constantly. You know? Um I'm talking, I suppose, essentially, you become two strangers living under the one roof.
0: Yeah, housemates.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So you met Simon so young. You got married young, I would say. You've been together for 22 years. And like you just said, you grow and change so much as a person. And both of you have grown up together in your marriage and become completely different people mm. you've changed careers simon's yeah. changed jobs you've got kids how do you how do you stay married <laughs> how do you <laughs> give someone the grace to grow and change within a marriage
1: mm. i think i think it still comes down definitely to us for choosing love but also respect for each other when we're going through certain things and and offering understanding space when it's needed. Um you know, that when that one person might need a little bit of extra love, you know, when you're feeling not really like giving it that you choose to, you know, stop what you're doing. I tend to be a little bit more Busy all the time, and I cannot sit down till all my jobs are done. And Simon sometimes would just like to talk. So for me, I get all, oh oh my gosh, I need to finish this. Whereas he just needs me to sit and listen sometimes. Um, so it's it's recognizing the needs in each other and and realizing that too with the children. I mean, the children love our boys, um, love being their mother, but children are challenging. Let's be real. It's not. Walk in the park, and I think that Simon and I have always been very conscious that one day the children will grow up and have their own lives um, get married, move away, cross that bridge when you get yes, to it. Not there yet. You've still got time. <laughs> You've got time, but that Simon and I will be left, and we didn't want to be that couple that was left going, Oh, how do we talk to each other? Because we have had that experience once, we went to a really nice restaurant and we sat across the table from each other and were like we talked about the kids oh so yeah they've done this oh oh my gosh how good were they at school and there was quite a bit of silence which you know we don't normally have and it was I don't know we were both like oh my gosh what do we talk about this is weird we feel a little bit uncomfortable with each other who are married and have children and who live together and um that was only one time thank goodness but we made a conscious decision that every year we will go away together and it started off with two nights it's gone to three um for our 20 year anniversary we pushed it to four nights (laughs) and you know we're looking to extend that because That time together to recharge is so important and to get to know each other and have deep conversations without being interrupted by the daily grind. So, yeah, we've made a conscious decision that we want to have a relationship once the children go. We want to have other things to talk about and we're actually, whilst we love our children actually really excited we would really I think love being grey nomads we would love to get a van and travel around together oh
0: I could see you two doing that I just feel
1: so excited about that and I love the fact that after being married for 22 years to this man that I'm like there's so much more you know I'm not sort of at the age that I am going oh my gosh you know I'm pushing a certain age getting closer to that and I'm all worried and you know no way I'm excited there is so much more Some people kind of poo poo romance
0: and the love fest and, you know, um, are big on the reality of marriage. And I married Mr. Romance, (laughs) who is just so gorgeous. Yeah. And he said to me that he's going to work really hard, which I know is so, I, I think, rare in men.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, to keep it a love fest, but yeah. a real love fest, you know, not to something that looks good on social media. So how do you do that in a marriage? How do you keep the love fest alive? It's do especially
1: you... difficult for Simon yeah. because I am not a touchy-feely person. Look, for our 20 years, Simon actually organised with my boss at work for me to have some uh, an hour and a half lunch or something like that.
0: That's lovely. He rocked
1: up to my work with, I think the biggest but I, don't, I don't. I think the biggest bunch of flowers had been sent that day.
0: Oh, he sent you flowers, Yes, which is That's lovely. Beautiful. But I was also
1: a bit like, oh, yeah, right. How you know, not embarrassing, but I was like, oh, yeah. And then when he came and got me and whisked me away, I was like, oh. <laughs> and I thought, oh my gosh, this is my husband who is putting effort into yeah. loving me, yeah, and I'm going, oh, he bought strawberries. He presented me with our wedding album that we hadn't, you know, after 20 years. Oh. <laughs> we hadn't done. So he had gone secretly and put a wedding album. We'd bought that the album, beautiful. but there were no photos in yeah. it. So he'd gone and, and put together the photos. And while I was there, I actually just went, you know what, I need to appreciate the effort that he is putting in to love me. And this is how he's showing me his love. And I just thought, you know what, if he actually stopped doing that, I would be worried because he chooses in so many ways to love me. And, and it's hard, but it, but it is romantic. Just him telling me, hey, you look beautiful. I've, ha- I've had friends say to me that they don't feel loved in their relationship. And I've, I'm learning to put my feelings aside and be grateful for the fact for the fact that my husband loves me warts and all, like I've put on weight I've you know, he hasn't gone to me, hey, your pants are looking a bit tight or, you know, he's just like, you are more beautiful than ever. And and he means it. Oh, gosh, yeah, yeah. yeah. gosh, yeah. And I, and I have to embrace that and yeah. go, you know what, I, I think if he stopped doing that, how cold it would be, you know, because he, this is so... <laughs> Not like me, but he provides the warmth, you know, and, and and I do love and appreciate that and I'm so grateful because he never, ever he, – he, he makes me feel like a princess. He I know that he would do absolutely anything for me and to have that is the most amazing thing. Mm. But it's a two-way street, right? I mean,
0: Josh being like this has made me want to up my yes. romance game yeah. a little bit and make well, him feel – And that's the challenging
1: thing, being a two-way thing because Simon is physical touch and his, you know, time and and words and I struggle with all of that, you know. So through this we just decided to invest in a marriage course. We decided that we invest in so many other things that we invested in a 20-week one, (laughs) (laughs) which has been a long haul. Yeah. But it has been so good on so many different levels and you know I'm even sometimes now scooting along the couch a little bit to nestle in under his arm which is you know a big thing for me because I you know I don't like people touching me (laughs) and I know to him that means the world and I realised at one time when I told him one morning when he was going to work that, you know, that shirt looks great on you, you look amazing. And I'm not one for saying that kind of thing, but the look on his face, and I've seen it in Elijah too, just words of affirmation, you know, and how you can just speak something that you don't, that I don't think actually means very much. The chest puffs up, the face is like shining, smiling, and I just think, wow the power of words, you know, and I can either choose them to build my husband up and my children or, you know, I can be selfish because I'm just not that way inclined and not do anything about it, you
0: know. How do you think you maintain your strong independent woman status in a marriage? Do you think it's a futile pursuit?
1: Like, do you think I... Yeah, I don't know. No, I... Look... Poor Simon. He says to me, what I love about you is that you're still a challenge now after 22 (laughs) years. Um, So I... Oh, I love that. I don't think that I have given up who I was or who I, you know, thought I would be at all. I think you love each other enough to allow you to be who you are without squashing that. You know, you, you married this person because you saw these traits in them and I think Simon encourages me to go, go and do this, go and chase that, go and, you know, and I'm like, whoa, that's too much for me right now, you know. But, yeah, you you have to embrace and encourage each other along the way and I've, I've not ever um, tried to deny or squash who I was. I continue being who I am and we just discuss that, you know, maybe sometimes <laughs> he says, well, you know, just pull back on that a little bit. <laughs> um, and, and and again, I think that comes down um, to that emotion we were talking about. I came from a family who all in, you know, whoa, you know, zero to 100 in, in five seconds of anger, you know, saying things that we might regret. But then, you know, as soon as that's said, we're back and we're all good. Whereas I think, you know, Simon came from a different place there. So I remember when we first got married, I oh, that's it, I want to divorce you, I hate you, you are just annoying me so much, you know, and he just looked at me like, whoa, you know, like who is this woman? And there are certain things that I've refined, you know, I'm pleased to say that I generally don't do that anymore and especially when he said, well, I'm not discussing anything with you until you take the emotion out of it. Uh, which was very wise of him and it has, ta- it has taught me a good lesson in life um, moving forward not to react emotionally and make a situation much worse than it could be. So, um, you know, it, communicating with each other is important to maintaining who you are as well because if you're feeling squashed, you need to say it or if you're feeling like someone's trying to make you someone different, you need to express it to each other in a loving way to move forward. Choose love. Yeah. Choose love. I love love
0: that. (laughs) If you're a woman in a relationship where, you know, you were saying that you almost feel like it's coldness, like it's a cold season where you, you don't feel loved or valued or special. How do you ask for that in a relationship? Do you think it's something that you can ask for?
1: I know that Simon and I went through this particular season and, and, I think it was probably the first time, you know, speaking about feeling cold, it was the first time I ever had. I, I just kind of felt like I was unsure if Simon loved me anymore. And I think there was a bit of a communication breakdown. We were just doing life. It was a particularly busy season. Um, in the last few years, we've had a lot going on. And I think that we were just going on with life. It was like, a, okay, well, you pick up the kids this day. We've got to drop here. My dad was in hospital. I'm going to be here. Then we've got this and that, right? Yeah, good. Okay. You know, it was all just scheduling, um, ships passing in the night. And we ended up having a conversation. And when we were talking about words being so powerful, you have to be so careful with how you say things. And we ended up having um, a semi-argument and I can't even remember how it started or what it was said but it had obviously been building to something and I just... Simon said something to me that hurt me so much and it I started to just shut down. I just didn't want to speak to him anymore and then he was worried that I wasn't speaking to him because I never am wordless. Um, and I... I wish I could remember what it was about, but I remember going to work and saying to one of my friends, I think my marriage is over. <laughs> you know, I was, I was that worried that we had not been in that place yeah. in our relationship before. And we ended up getting back together and talking again and I said to him, this is what you said to me, um... And he said, I didn't mean that at all. And this is one of the exercises that we've actually learned in our marriage course, that you speak and then someone says to you, the, the person says back to you, so this is what you were saying to me. Mirroring. Yes. Counselling technique. And, you know, and some people you know, might think that's over the top because I did it first and then we did the exercise. And it related to me back to that time when we were in our relationship and I thought he was saying this. And it had deeply wounded me and it was something that was not going away. It was really in my spirit. And I said to him, well, this is what I heard you say. He said, I didn't say that at all, you know. And so a total misunderstanding had created a place where I had held on to something and it had created, you know, this, this feeling. And so I really don't know how it came back together, but I think just getting through that misunderstanding and talking and, you know, and him telling me how much he loved me, me being able to thaw and reciprocate and we got back on ground where we could then move together. But if we had not have gone through that listening exercise where, you know, we said I heard this and I heard this, you know, I I still would have been in that very cold place, you know, and lonely. Because you – someone said to me, I I think it was again in the marriage course, you know – you may not have had a full-on argument but you know when your partner's not happy and you'll go to bed and you'll lie there next to each other and you're trying to pretend that everything's fine but you have this feeling that you know is there and it's not supposed to be there it's not a good thing to have it there you know so you know when something's not right and you have to address it
0: Yeah, that's so hard to be vulnerable when you don't feel safe, though. Yeah, You know, when you feel like either you have been hurt or you fear getting hurt. Yeah. And, yeah, I know, obviously, been in lots of those places. I have said to Josh sometimes if I'm going through a bit of a tough time, like I know with work, I had a really horrible work situation for a while, and I said to Josh, I just need some extra love right now. Yes. I just need extra love. On top of the love that you give me day to day. I need
1: extra. But they're not mind readers. That's the thing. that's right. And that's where you're saying, yeah, I think you can definitely ask for it. You can say, I'm actually feeling particularly vulnerable right now and I'm feeling a little bit emotional. And could you just, you know, like, even if you did the dishes, that would make me really happy. You know, just... Yeah. Your love language, if yeah. they can then speak to that Yeah. and, you know, and, and be like, even look, I was just really quite sick for a week and Simon came home and he wasn't, you know, work was tough and, and I was like, I've never been this sick. I've taken time off work. I'm in bed. I'm not eating. Really? Can I just not be sick? Do I have to deal with you as well? You know, and I you know, that's really quite harsh, but I communicated that to him. And and then it's through doing, you know, life together and realising how important communication is that I thought, if I don't say this, I'm going to build resentment and then we're not going to get out of it, you know. And I just said it to him. I said, I'm here for you, honey, and I understand and I love you, but I just want, you know, I just want to be sick and (laughs) have you care for me because no one cares for me. I was having a little bit of a pity party, but voicing is so important because they—they're they're not mind readers. They don't know unless you speak things. I get so
0: mad at rom coms for this kind of stuff. Because we have been sold this yes. myth that there is one romantic guy out there. And look, my husband is probably more romantic than the average dude. But I have had moments too. And he has as well where he said, I just, yeah, I need, yeah. I'm just very fragile at yeah. the moment. And I just need you to step up your love game a little bit. And that's where goes. those
1: misunderstandings yeah. can come in as well. If yeah. you're not being open and honest with each other, yeah. miscommun- um, misunderstanding comes in and, yeah. you know. Yeah.
0: And to learn to reach out again and again, despite your vulnerability, despite your fear of getting hurt is so hard, but I think, yeah, we've got to do it. It's worth doing it, right? Most definitely. You've had some tough seasons in your marriage. I mean, everyone has. Life is tough. Yeah. And, you know, recently as well, you've come out of some stuff that we're going to talk about in a bit, but I was wondering if you could talk us through maybe some of those seasons where you either you individually or both of you as a couple have really struggled and how mm. you navigate a season like that and how mm. do you come out together stronger? Because this kind of stuff, I think it's make or break, you know. It yeah. can kind of tear you apart or bring you back together. So
1: talk me through some of those if you feel Look, I think there's been some times in our relationship where, you know, frustration builds against your partner because things aren't going, you know we renovated for 16 years mm. you know and that was a, a killer cuz i like to get things done i like to smash it out i remember being pregnant with lucas so he was our third child and we're building the back end of the house and i'm about to give birth and i'm out there you know we're stuffing um, insulation into the thing so that the house can be plastered the next day so Simon and i do things very differently and so and still do you know i thought that by 22 years maybe you know especially marrying him young, I could teach him the ways and he could just do what I say. (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, (laughs) he showed resistance along the way and it hasn't happened. And so navigating those differences are huge. Uh, I like to be prepared. I like to, you know, and so the day before I'll be laying things out and, you know, having everything done and he'll be like, right, let's go. And I'm like, what have you done to be ready? You know, Um, and I think over time look, nobody wants to be a nagging wife. So I thought, oh, I don't just want to be like, you know, one of those woodpeckers and hammering at his head all the time. Ah, oh, you didn't do this. You know? And so I guess to a certain degree I closed down on what I... And I can only speak this on my part, obviously, because Simon would have a different insight. I don't know all of his frustrations about me. I mean, could there be any? But, well, you're <laughs> perfect, so no. I think, you know, <laughs> I, I stopped um, saying things because I didn't want to be a nag. So then for me, it's like I opened this thing inside where frustration built and resentment came in. And when you're living with resentment against a person, you know, in those times where you're having a fight where you might at one stage have been prepared to be vulnerable and say I love you, if you've got that resentment in there, that in, your, in the back of your mind, there's that part going, yeah, but he never did this and he doesn't do that and he doesn't... So you're justifying everything in your mind and there's no way that that softness is gone, that vulnerability is gone. And so I realised that I actually came into agreement with resentment and oh. I was going, no, that's okay, I'm justified I can, you know, and God really spoke to me about putting that resentment aside, speaking about it as it comes up, not in a nagging way, speaking with love. Simon, I'm in this and I, and the, and that was outworked with the whole me being sick. And it was just, that was just a small thing, but I was like, if I don't say this, I'm I'm allowing that gap to open, putting something in there, storing it, resentment building justification leading to argument after argument, leading to me not choosing love anymore, leading to who knows, whatever, you know. So uh, I think it comes, again, don't, don't let resentment build. Don't let things come into your relationship that you are not prepared to deal with. Yes, sometimes you need to maybe not, you need to chew on it for a couple of days, definitely, if you're feeling so angry that you can't speak about it without um blame or you know but we know in communication like in our workplace we wouldn't be going and speaking to people that way in our friend situation we wouldn't have friends you know we want to keep relationships marriage is the same as that we shouldn't treat the person who loves us with that disrespect we should be open and honest in our communication choosing love and not coming into agreement with those things that we you know allow inside of ourselves Mm.
0: I remember reading a book about marriage and in it one of the authors was saying that, you know, we have to remember who the enemy is Yeah. in your yeah. marriage. And I I remember there was, yeah, a time in our marriage where we, I think we both just chose to believe lies Yeah. about ourselves mm. and about each other. And, you know, it was, yeah, it was actually a really big realization to know that there is an enemy yeah of marriage yeah. i know we're very used to fighting this enemy on an individual level but also one that's well, against, when two are better
1: together yeah
0: that's against what the both yeah. of us are building yeah. and how much we can agree with that that bitterness and that resentment yeah. and i very easily could have yes bought into this lie that you know, Josh was taking something away from yeah. me by being married to him and yeah. that's not what God intended. So, yeah, that's powerful, Melissa. Yeah. That's amazing. Well,
1: I, I think, sorry, just one more thing on that yeah. too is, you know, um, this is being very real. Please. Um, probably for the first time in our relationship, you know, we've prayed together. We've believed for things together. We've shared dreams and visions and that kind of stuff so don't get me wrong it's not that we don't have a relationship with God together in our marriage but we've actually just started reading the Bible together through um is what's that app the Bible app yeah the Bible app yeah (laughs) anyway (laughs) yeah so we've We've just started doing that together and you actually read and we're very behind. I'm not saying that we're doing this every day. We would like to. And mm. when we do it, oh, my gosh, the difference. Mm. But we're doing that and commenting on it. And being on mm. that same page together is actually very, very powerful. And mm. I'm, I'm actually really sad that it's taken me this long to realise that. Um, but it, it's very good because I think too... You're open then to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you individually but also as a couple and just getting new stuff out of it all the time when you have that time to communicate together, you know. Mm. How do you cultivate
0: a spiritual life together?
1: Look, I think it's by positioning yourself to be planted, first of all. We, from very early on in our marriage know that knew that we wanted to serve god and we wanted to serve in the house what that looked like we didn't know but we were always open to whatever god wanted for us and i think um even just this year we went to planet shakers conference and it was so powerful but not only planet shakers our church has encounter conference So we as a family choose to plant ourselves and position ourselves at Encounter Conference where you hear from God. And I think that then leads into your daily life um, because I think life can become so full of things. I love television. I love getting home at the end of the day, zoning out, you know, and drooling on the couch and watching and eating, you know. And I was just reading in the Bible this morning where it talked about not being... um, Not being lazy, and I was like, oh, you know, I I can. I became and became become lazy in my spiritual walk. I can allow all these other distractions, and so can the kids and our family life. You know, can allow all of that to sort of dictate where we're at. And we always say to our boys, you need to be in church. You know, first of all, you need to have a real relationship with God. But this is what we do as a family, and so flowing on from encounter it, it actually makes it a little bit easier because you have this such this soaking and this saturation and you realize what God can do in your life it's terrible you know we forget you know I often think the israelites were so stupid and then i go oh my gosh i'm one of them you know god's done all these wonderful things and i just read the word and i feel so refreshed and ready to tackle anything And I I forget and I come back and I go, oh, God, I'm so sorry, you know. So definitely positioning yourself and planning yourself and going to those things where you are saturated by God, it propels you into your week, you know, where you want to take time to read the word and, and focus on those kind of things.
0: I feel like... Our church at the moment is going through a season where lots of people are getting married. I remember when we got married, we went to six weddings before we went to ours. It was a year. (laughs) It was a year where everyone was getting married. And I feel like that's kind of happening again. What what advice do you have for women who are thinking about marriage or entering into it at the moment from someone who's 22 years ahead? (laughs)
1: Look. Go into your marriage, and and this is you know it probably sounds so old fashioned, and I you know, the me twenty years ago would be cringing at what I'm going to say, but go in loving your you know choosing to love your husband, and I'm you know I'm not this whole oh you know uh, like I say strong independent woman, so I'm not going in going, you know pull out your husband's slippers when he comes home, give him his newspaper to sit down, you know. Because it probably wouldn't be in newspaper now, but you know, on the couch, yeah, 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 and and his pipe. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But you know, uh, go in choosing love because I think if you're going in with anything else, you know, you want to make this work. You're going, you're, you're committing yourself to this person. So do everything that you possibly can to make this work because you do want to be together forever. Communicate, encourage him to open up, and so choose love don't come into agreement with your things that you don't talk about you know how can he even know what's going on if you don't share with him don't let bitterness in and you know when those feelings are there where you know something's wrong with each other bring it up and deal with it Mm.
0: i think early on in marriage you can feel like you're doing it wrong because it is hard and i think we felt like that how how do you ask for help when you're in a season where it is work and you don't feel like you're able to communicate what you need to to each other.
1: Look, I would hope that you would have someone who you know well who maybe is a little bit older and a little bit further on the journey and, you know, going and speaking with them, it's not shameful. Marriage is a tough gig and especially that first year. I remember... Poor Simon, I think I locked myself in the bathroom and was sobbing quite loudly on numerous occasions. And he, I think he just thought, "What have I got involved in?" You know, and having mentors is is so important that nobody, you know. And if they are judging, then you know you don't really want them there anyway. You need you need to be able to have someone who's a mentor who's a little bit further on who you can just say, "Hey." this has happened is it normal and hopefully that person will say yes it is totally normal and be able to give you some loving advice and and some god advice to help you communicate together and work through it and know that you are totally normal and that there's probably plenty more of that to come and sometimes you can't just
0: do it on your own hey no yeah no.
1: and i think that's that's where church community is so important it, they often say it takes a village you know and it it so does I'm have been very blessed to have people on the journey in my life who have just helped carry me when I you know lift my hands up when they're really heavy you know when I couldn't do it myself they're there encouraging me and supporting me along the way
0: Thank you so much for listening. Why don't you share this episode with a friend or subscribe to us, either in iTunes or Apple Podcasts or anywhere really, wherever you get your podcasts from in the podcast world. You can find out a bit more about us at iCchurch.com or at favour.women on Instagram. Come by, say hi, or you can leave us a review on iTunes. Tell us what you think. And we will definitely see you next time. Bye.